What's up, everybody? Metal Dave Glessner here, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster, bringing you another episode of the Talk Louder podcast. Today, we are happy to be joined by one of the all-time greats of the 1980s hard rock heavy metal sound, guitarist George Lynch. You know him from his time in Dokken. You know him from Lynch Mob. You know him for his crazy custom guitars. Uh, he's here with us today because he's got a new Lynch Mob album called Babylon. Uh, he is announcing a final farewell tour that's going to stretch into 2025, starting in 2024. So you'll have about a year and a few months to see him with the current lineup of Lynch Mob. Uh, we talk about all that and uh, and more. He was kind enough to sp uh, spend some time with us. He's actually stayed over a little longer than he was supposed to. Uh, but I get the feeling <laughs> after talking to George, he called his own shots because he was a joker and he was a lot of fun. He was a lot of fun. I didn't have any uh, level of expectation at all. I was like, George Lynch, cool. He's, you know, he might hate this, but he's a guitar hero. You know, yes. I don't know how well he owns that or not. He seems like he doesn't give a fuck about that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but he does care. Because when he did get serious, well, everyone will see. When he gets serious, you can tell his face, his whole thing changes. Um, his son-in-law is Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest. Bam! Yeah. So stuff like that about George, you just go, well, obviously there's some good genes going on. And I don't mean, you know, glittered pants. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or Kajagugu hair. Although we talked about Kajigugu hair. Sure, you got to talk about Kajigugu hair. talk about it. There's yeah. some things you have to talk about with George. Yeah. Dave, and you almost have a Kajigugu hair. I do, yeah. Almost, except not quite, the difference almost. Is, except the difference is, while George went to the stylist and said, make me look like Kajigugu, I went to the stylist and said, make me look like George. No, so. you didn't. It was probably closer to Johnny Thunders <laughs> or something like that. So <laughs> anyway, uh, George Lynch, uh, you don't even have you just say his name and, and uh, different things uh, come up uh, to your mind and to what, what you what you picture and what you a sound even comes up. And I, I feel and I and I I don't know if he took it serious or not, but uh, during a a, a a high point that was mixed in with a low point, we find out, I, I mentioned to him today that he was part, and like I said, he didn't really react, but I feel strongly about this, that uh, Dokken uh, created a sound with its components. I feel like, you know, everyone in that band by themselves could have done fantastic things that would not necessarily sound like Dokken. You know, you put George with a different singer and it's not going to sound like Dokken. And he talks about uh, how that's a very healthy thing for him and his his art. Uh, I I have to say this was a much better episode than I thought it was going to be because of his answers and because of his disdain for interviewers, if that's a word, asking the same goddamn questions over and over and over. So. <laughs> Yeah, we got that out of the way right up front. Uh, he made it very clear. And I and, you know, I take pride in trying to come up with different questions. And I think we did a great job. And he was very uh, accommodating. And and I could tell there was a, there was many times where he had to stop and think. And I knew 
I feel like he appreciated the homework that went into the episode because as he says, we were the third interview of the morning for him and he's already sick and tired of doing it and who can blame him? Well, let me give you a compliment right now, Dave. Uh, I feel like your questions are not always going to be, uh, you know, A to Z, what's your birthday? What's your favorite color? Uh, what inspired you to write tooth and nail record? What, you know, the, the questions that he doesn't, no fucks are given about stuff like that. Right. So a compliment to you on coming up with stuff that's, uh, you know, might be controversial in some way. I mean, shit, I wouldn't have asked him about his fucking hair. That's like, I don't want to fuck with anyone about their hair unless they're my close friend like you, Dave. So, yeah. So, but well, you know what I mean? You dug right in and I was like, ah, what's he going to do? It was like, fuck you. My hair was cool. You know, he might be, or he reacted in a very funny way and, and uh, obviously is very comfortable with, you know, good and bad things that have happened to him, whether they were at his hand or not. So Yeah, yeah. We covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. We covered, uh, you know, his auditions with Ozzy. We covered the Monsters of Rock tour with Metallica. Uh, we covered his hair. <laughs> we covered Richie Faulkner his, being his brother-in-law or his, his son-in-law. Son which is, I know that's a weird thing. Cause yeah. You see them, yeah. Um, and, and he was a good sport and I actually did appreciate the humor. He was a lot of fun. Uh, new, new Lynch mob record called Babylon on frontier records. Uh, yeah. go check it out. I didn't catch a release date, but it's surely right now. Yeah, it's out. Okay, it's great. Out right great. Now. Yeah. Great. Well, he's about to get ready to start a tour and it's going to go a year long. So uh, we wish him the best. Yeah. Uh, takes out, Dave. Buckle up, folks. It's a good interview. George Lynch today on the Talk Louder podcast. <laughs> there he is. There he is. How are you, man? I'm doing good. This is uh, my third for the morning, so right I'm, running out of, I'm running out of answers. <laughs> well, we'll try to come up with new questions then. <laughs> you know, I really appreciate that. You know, one thing that you dread as a interviewee is is the is the dreaded, you know, uh, just the you know where do you get your ideas from. <laughs> let me let me scratch that off my list right yeah. now. Dave, dump that one, please. <laughs> you still hate yeah, you know, getting along, you know, just all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Thousands time I answered that question today. Right. We'll try to keep Before it fresh. Are, are we recording? Yeah. Yes, we are. We got some noise in the background. Are you uh you I'm guys at a I'm at a uh at a hotel in uh, uh Bozeman, Montana. In the lobby of a hotel. Okay. I'd go outside like 27 degrees. You're fine right where you're at, man. Yeah, we'll 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 make it work. Well, anyway, thank you for joining us. We do appreciate your time. I know uh we've only got about 30 minutes and we do want to cover a lot of ground. Uh first of all, uh the reason where do you get your inspiration ideas from? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to interview himself, folks. Worst question. You can interview us. You know. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Let's make it with your ideas. Whose great idea was it? Whose great idea was it to have a goddamn podcast? This shit is stupid. No, I don't want a podcast. It wasn't that long ago. Neither of us knew what a podcast was. This is a. This is a an, a a baby that was born during a pandemic. So, you're in, you're in good company. 
So tell us. Yeah, I used to think podcasts were just uh, something that was like a internet radio interview, but then then you, they could even be televised. So right. why is it just a TV show? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, blurs the lines. It kind definitely kind of is all of those things. Right. Yeah. I'm super confused. <laughs> don't don't I know less about what, before what, I ask the question. Welcome to the club. Yeah, we're confused too, so just bear with us. <laughs> so tell us you've got a new Lynch Mob album. It's called Babylon. Um, and apparently, according to you, it's going to be the last Lynch Mob album. Um I, why, I thought you said that. No, when did I say that? I never said no, that. That's not in your press release. It might be. <laughs> well, uh, no, no. I said it was going to be uh, weird. This is going to be the last Lynch Mob tour. Tour. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, maybe the last album, but we haven't, I don't know. I mean, we haven't ruled out the idea of maybe at the end of the last tour to do a final record. I don't know. We'll see where we're at. Good. Why would it? Why would you uh, make such a final decision on touring with Lynch Mob? It, it's a band that bears your name, and obviously you're as well known for Lynch Mob as you were for your time in Doc. And why? Why call it the end of the road, so to speak, with touring? Because it's a racist name, and I'm tired of being associated with it. <laughs> That's actually a pretty, pretty good answer. I changed. That didn't work. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I actually kind of thought it was cool that you stuck with your name because it is, after all, your name. But I also appreciated the fact that you were sort of sensitive to the climate. But you did eventually revert back to Lynch Mob because it's it's what people know you from. Uh, no, quite honestly, um, the reason that uh, I we uh, decided to uh, put a limit on the life of the band and call this the last chapter is because it is inevitable that the revolving door of Lynch Mob, of a, you know, the lineup is going to continue. Uh, people are going to come in and swoop out, you know, swoop down and it's already happened. They try to steal our singers and our bass players and our drummers. <laughs> invariably, you know, that that's going to happen. It's been happening for 35 years. So mm. I thought, well, this is a really great version of the band. We really gel. We're solid. We, have, we, we love each other. We have fun. We're family. Uh, we, we made a great record. And after I heard the record, I, after dust settled and I really got to listen to it, I go, you know what? This is a great record. And it really is kind of a different thing. It's not like it's, we're not chasing wicked sensation. And, uh, and uh, so uh, I felt great about it. And I thought, you know what? I want to end on a high note. Yeah. So let's put an end on it and let's let's work our asses off. Let's brand the tour and let's stick to, you know, let's let's make a promise to ourselves and the, and our fans that that'll be it. So you have one last chance. It creates a sense of urgency to come out and see the band. We're gonna change it up. We're changing up the set, we're adding some production, we're gonna do a micro acoustic set within the set, we're doing deep tracks, and some jamming. You know, it's gonna be more of a deeper experience. And we're putting some heavy rehearsals into it. Uh, this band has never rehearsed ever. Uh, yeah. Incredibly, I, I was, I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm an over rehearser kind of guy. I'm a guy that you know we got to rehearse, 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 and we never rehearse. So 
uh, we're going to go in for a couple of weeks of rehearsal before the tour starts in January and, uh, and come up with a, with a, with a you know, a deeper experience uh, for the fans and get my reason to come out and not seeing the same show uh, that they've seen, possibly seen in the past. And, uh, and then that would, we're going to put a, a end cap on it, and that'll be the final chapter of going out on our own terms. Yeah, Feel and you are ta- you're taking it out for a year, right? So there's going to be it's yeah. not exactly over next week. It's going to go into March right. of 2024, I think. So plenty of time for people to catch. Twenty five. Twenty five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Launches yeah. 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 a rock cruise. Twenty five is the last show. Yeah. Um. But then after that, there's going to be the final, final, yeah. just kidding. Right? <laughs> of course, you have mm-hmm. to have the final, final tour. <laughs> Tell us about your singer. Where'd you find your singer? Guy's fucking great. Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah Gabriel Colon. Yeah. Uh, we call him Gay Colon. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. That's, I'm sure he loves that. That's the hazing <laughs> happening. And then a brotherhood was born. <laughs> so they you know uh uh no 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 what happened was uh we were doing a show uh well no we i was doing a show it was kind of a guest special a guest with docking kind of thing and some other jamming i was doing down in key west it's a kind of regional festival they have down there yearly uh and uh and uh and i was but i was there for a couple extra days so we went out and uh rented a uh kayaks and went out like exploring and fishing and the uh, camping out of these uh, uh uninhabited you know parts of tortugas and everything and uh i ran into gabriel was actually he's puerto rican he was on uh, with some other people and he was on a boat and we landed on this kind of same island and we were camping out overnight and i had his guitar with me we're on the beach we're at the campfire and you know we started uh, you know i don't know who he was and we started uh conversation and kind of singer and we started jamming and stuff like that and it's magical and i realized this guy's a natural he really is a natural he's played with a lot of singers in life he's he was such a sweetheart you know no lsd whatsoever just just a funny happy very comfortable in his own skin person yeah i thought wow i love this guy so we just made it happen yeah, I listened to the record and uh, I, I don't know, I hate to put labels on stuff, but for people that haven't heard the record, I hear a little bit of Stephen Piercy and a little bit of old Ozzy in 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 his voice a little bit. Uh, it obviously oh, you mean young Ozzy. Yeah. Young Ozzy, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Young Ozzy, a uh, little bit of Stephen Piercy. It certainly fits the music that you're creating. And uh, so it sounds like a great collaboration. The song, the single time after time, I couldn't help but notice the Cindy Lauper picture in the background of the video. We had to put that in there so we can get sued. We have a crack team of lawyers. Dream Team 2.0, uh, uh, Dewey Cheatham and Howe. <laughs> and they told put that up there as a disclaimer so that uh, uh, you know, when Cindy goes to sue us in court, uh, you know, we have a, we have, a, we can say, hey, we, you know, we're, we know that it was your song, and we're doing it as a, you know, a tribute. I don't think you have to. I think you. Yeah. I don't think you're the only guys that have used the title time after right, time. I was just so going to say that's. I think you're yeah. safe there. Yeah. You know what? I'm firing those two cheating Adam fuckers. I'm hiring you guys. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I really get argument. I never thought of that. That might be fun. 
a yeah, fun with disaster. Our legal, yeah. our legal experience, uh, you can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, anyway, his, us, he's a great you're singer. Easy, yeah. But you're great lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, Gabe's a great singer, and uh, I I can't wait to listen to the record some more. He's he blew me away. You've yeah. worked with a lot of people, and you've done a lot of collaborations. Michael Sweet, Corey Glover, uh, Doug Pinnock. Uh, do you enjoy? Uh, you know, do you do you enjoy collaborating more than than having your own band and and steering your own ship? Does it take some of the pressure off you? Is it a little aggravating that you, you know, you don't have full control because you seem to do an equal mix of both. Do you have a preference or is that just the case? You do enjoy both equally. Um, well, uh, I guess, I guess the answer to the question is like, if, uh, you know, uh, if you're going to do multiple projects, you really don't want them. You want to differentiate them as much as possible from each other. And, uh, you know, if left to my own devices, uh, and I did multiple projects, they would probably sound very similar. So to avoid that, you know, things to get out there and play with people that challenge you and, and you're part of a different mix. And for, so in the case of KXM, of course, we have very strong musical personalities with Doug and Ray. And uh, I'm just one component of that. And I have to sort of adapt to that different environment, musical environment. And it forces me to uh, uh, be uncomfortable and change and, 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 and not be the guitar player I am in Winchmob or the writer I am. So yeah. uh, I, I really like that. I, I like the challenge. And so I try to put myself in the, intentionally in those positions. And sometimes it works and, uh, to great effect. And, you know, in a case, let's say with Michael Sweet, uh, it's, it's, you know, what I end up with is not so different than what I normally do because, you know, basically I'm sort of writing as I would write in Dawkins, let's say. Yeah. Hard rock. Yeah, it makes sense. For the record, I love the Dirty Shirley record. Um, I thought, uh, in fact, uh, echoing what you just said, I thought that was a case where George Lynch is involved, obviously, but... <laughs> <laughs> there he's zooming in on us folks he looks yeah, like no, a lot uh, <laughs> sound like that guy in the, in the coffee shop that's annoying everybody talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, well anyway for the record i enjoyed the dirty shirley album and i thought that was an album where it didn't sound like what i typically would think of when i hear george lynch it kind of you know first of all you had dino singing who was an amazing singer and I felt like the the you played to the songs and your your solos while they were there. They weren't necessarily the showpiece of the song. It sounded like a much more song oriented album. And you always have your your solos are always very tasteful and part of the song. But I think what you were just saying uh, sort of lends itself to that record in particular. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of uh, you know I didn't know who Dino was when I wrote the album. And uh, I was approached by the Italian label and then this, this artist from Europe and it's named Dino. And so I, I just heard the name and it conjured up. Uh, I thought, well, European Dino, Dean Martin. I thought, oh, it's uh, I thought it was like an Italian pop star or something. So I don't know why I bought that, you know. And so I I, I wrote originally the, the album with that in mind. 
I thought, oh, this will be like a pop record, you know, with some pop rock tendencies. And I wrote this completely different record, and then I heard, you know, I'm like, holy shit. You know, if Ronnie James Dio and Coverdale had a baby, I mean, exactly. And, and Ronnie and James I, Dino. Yeah. And, I, and I, I had to rewrite the whole record. I was, and then I wrote this, and it's got a, the record has a lot of variety on it. It's kind of, I listened back to it recently because I, I just finished, I just wrote another Dino record. I just recorded it. It's done. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. And, uh, whatever you call it, Dirty Shirt. Yeah, uh, but uh, and I so I had to refer back to the first record a lot, and I was listening back to it. I was going, and the and the label said, you know, we really want you to focus, you know, if you can, and 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 don't be all over the map, you know, stay very focused on what that record was. Don't be all over the map. And I went back and listened to the record. I go, the record could be called all over the map. I mean, that's how all over the map it was. I mean, there's claps over guitar and this influence. You know, all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Was, well, I'm glad to hear you're doing a second one because I really enjoyed the first one. If, if people haven't heard it, go check out Dirty Well, Street. if you like the first one, you're not going to like the second one. <laughs> Look, he's his, own, he's his own publicist, too. <laughs> no, you're not going to like it. No, it's not very, <laughs> no, it's good. It's just, it's it's nothing like the first one. Uh, okay. That it has a different singer, a different drummer. A different bass player and stylistically completely different and we changed the name <laughs> well that, yeah okay so uh no second <laughs> it's, not, it's not a repeat folks um did we had uh, but we do have the same artwork on the album which was one of the best things about it so, uh, <laughs> just to keep the confusion going yeah you know that you know the artwork on it yeah yeah it's brilliant like, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we, I know you're joking. We had Richie Faulkner on the show, and uh, Richie is is basically your son-in-law. Is that you know that's fairly accurate, correct? Yeah. And there was some time when uh, Judas Priest announced that they were going to go out as a four-piece with only one guitarist, and everybody went crazy. And because of the connection to you and Richie, there was some talk that possibly you would possibly be offered a job in Judas Priest. Now, hypothetically speaking, if you were, would you have taken that that job? Only if it was the singer. <laughs> no, only if you were going to be the singer. <laughs> I'd have to be gay. <laughs> Well, that, that something you can't force yourself to be. Yeah, but so so that that's you wouldn't step in as a second or co guitarist in in Judas Priest even for just a tour. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it'd be like family. Yeah, right. And it would be yeah. brilliant. You know, I've never I've never really done a gig with a big band. You know, like a lot of my contemporaries. You know, Steve I and Warren and and other guys. You know, they They'll, they'll team, you know, they'll play with Coverdale or play with you know, David Lee Roth and do all these other big bands and stuff. I've never, I've never done anything like that, and I, and and because this, you know, for one, I got to say, Priest has probably been one of the single most influential bands in my writing. If you listen to any of these Dawkins songs, and you really, and I know where I've got all my ideas from, sure. Um, 
huge amount of those ideas priest derivative. I mean, priest is probably my, my, my one biggest influence, period. Amen. Writing. Um, so, uh, and then for, you know, Richie and my daughter to become a couple and for, you know, the rest of the family and then we're friends and it's just all this kind of thing just fell together. It's just, it's just kind of a beautiful story, you know, so of yeah. course I would, that would be a fantastic opportunity and, and just a beautiful thing. You know, it's just almost a fairy tale kind of thing. You know? Yeah. His, his reaction yeah. was, his reaction was similar and, and super positive and fun and, and he was smiling the whole time when we brought that up. So yeah, that's really cool, man. We were actually we were actually just talking about it last night. We were Oh, all right. Mariah and I and Richie were having on the phone like we all kicking around about it. But, you know, it's fun to talk about, but you know. Sure. What do you remember about your uh what do you remember most about your auditions with Ozzy? Do you uh do you remember what that experience was like and how was your confidence level after the audition? Did you feel like, you know, you went in there and you and you did the best you could, you knocked it out of the park or tell us about your experience auditioning for Ozzy? Well, I had a I had a difficult time learning Randy's material because Randy's just kind of a unique stylistically so unique I, I just couldn't really figure it out and so uh warren Martini tutored actually he would come to my apartment every day and he would sit down with me and he was really good at figuring stuff out he would show me how to play and uh so i didn't learn the stuff organically but i did learn it and then i went and played it and toured with him and course with him and all this kind of stuff it's been about a month with in camp and traveling person playing with and stuff but uh at the end of the day it came down to the length of my hair and the color of my guitar so uh, <laughs> uh, uh ozzy's wife uh her name uh, <laughs> it's probably for the better but uh, okay. she, karen or something <laughs> she, she might be a karen to... she might be a karen but i didn't say that but no, uh, uh, so had, <laughs> it rhymed. My, yeah, my first tiger guitar that, that, that me and my friend painted was not the yellow and black one. My first one was green and black, and that was the, my first tiger, and that's what I took with me uh, to do that to do the Aussie stuff. And uh, I remember I was sitting there, I was rehearsing with Don Costa, the bass player that I brought in, Tommy Aldrich, and myself, and we were just you know, running through the music in Dallas, Texas, at the rehearsal place, and. Uh, Ozzy and, and uh, Karen walked in, and uh, she looked over and she she just, why does your guitar look like a booger? And, I, and so I renamed the guitar the booger, and uh, <clears throat> that, was, that was one thing against me right there. And then uh, another time, uh, Ozzy came into my room, hotel room, he was in Scotland, and he said, uh, and he would, uh, he said, listen, I, I, from what I can understand, I can barely understand. But uh, what I made out of it was he was questioning my uh, well, my decision to cut my hair. And I said, well, I, I was working as a uh, liquor delivery driver in uh, uh, South Central Los Angeles and Watts. And I had to cut my hair to get to have the job. I was a teamster and uh, driving a truck. And uh, and he, did, he didn't like that. He didn't like that. Sure. He was bald at the time. But it didn't matter. Maybe I should have shaved. Touche, toupee. So, 
<laughs> so then, uh, then we were doing rehearsals at SIR, and Wendy Dio was insisting on them checking out a couple more guitar players, and they just weren't sure about me. And uh, Tommy Aldrich self-admittedly has told me years since that he was the one that was voting against me, and I understood, and I didn't hold that against anybody. Mm. And uh, uh, but anyways, when uh, Jakey came in, uh, Wendy brought Jakey in, and I remember I was there. And uh, he looked fantastic. I mean, he had hair down to his ass. It was Michael Jackson, black leather, chrome-studded jumpsuit on. And, you know, he does all the tricks. And but he played like shit, self-admittedly. But that didn't matter. Mm. Playing yeah. didn't matter. Um, he was surprised he got it. But the way they let me go was very cold. Uh, I remember that. I, I, I shed a tear. It was very sad. Um, my wife was with me. Ozzy just came in and just said, hey, you know, we got somebody else. Thanks a lot. Didn't give me a nickel. I'd quit mm. my job. I uh, got home to my apartment in Anaheim with my wife. We had a 73 Penn station wagon. And I drove up to my apartment. We had two kids. My mother-in-law was watching the kids. And, uh, we got back and we had a, a, a eviction notice on our door. Oh. And, they, and I, I was I had quit my job and I was and I traveled the world for a month with these guys. They didn't give me a nickel. <laughs> Oh. So I, was, I was broke and destitute and back to nothing. Oh, man, man. Oof. Yeah. That's brutal. That's brutal. Like for those people after that, you know, because they had just bags of money and they were just like very arrogant. Jesus, no, no compassion or empathy for any other human being. And they're just, wow. I don't know that Ozzy was like that. I think that was pretty much Karen. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's brutal. Sounds Speaking. like you. Sounds like you wrote some lyrics just now. That story, like oh, a, a song, a, pretty uh, much a song. Yeah. Speaking uh, of uh, speaking, I don't of, yeah, I mean, good. life goes on, and I, you've I, done I, just I just, no. It, it re-inspired me to reinvent myself and double my efforts, and then I think that's what happened. I said, "Hey, well, you know what? I got images important, and I and I, I paid attention to that. It helped my songwriting." Sort of you know, learning about the, the Randy Ozzy stuff uh, uh, opened up some ideas for me and avenues of uh, composition and and, uh, and my tone got better. Just everything got better after that. It became more professional. I think it really helped me actually. Right. That's a, that's so you good, did pull a positive out good of it. Positive, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Tell us about um, when you were out on famously out on the Monsters of Rock tour. Uh, you guys followed Metallica in 1988 on that tour. When you went into that tour, were you already familiar with the the energy of Metallica's live performance, or was that something you sort of watched unfold as you were touring with them on the Monsters of Rock? Yeah, we were we were not too aware of the higher of the natural hierarchy of the bands when we were, you know, when we got that tour. Uh, meaning, you know, there's a there's a self-imposed hierarchy of the uh, the rock, you know, you've got so-and-so opening and you've got so-and-so headlining, everybody else in between. And we didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that, you know. And then as the tour evolved, of course, we realized that we were misplaced. Uh, oh. Metallica definitely should have been uh, built over us. Uh, 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 so, yeah, we, were, we became aware of that very quickly. <laughs> but here's another... <laughs> There's a, another component to that, which is that uh, Don has conspired uh, to 
somehow uh, take over the band and announce before the tour that he would be expanding the group, keeping the name, getting a new record deal, and hiring other people, basically, essentially finding a way to fire us without, because he couldn't technically fire us. So that was his way around it. And he announced that uh, in a meeting before the tour started. And that probably wasn't a good idea because that'd be, you know, I, uh, it was demoralizing. And so I yeah. would have to drag myself out of the stage. And I was so depressed. I was just a really, uh, you know, I was like, okay, we're getting to the thing that we worked 10 years for, our whole lives for. Uh, and we're finally here. We achieved it. And we could go on to much greater things at this point. It would be a launching point for all of us, for our careers, and for longevity, the band, and everything. We'd be set. And instead, he took the gamble to just bet, you know, play it all for his benefit and leave us in you know, dust in history at the side of the road. And, and, and that just was crushing that another human being could do that to their friends. Yeah. Um, it, was just, it was just unbelievable to me. It, just, it kind of destroyed my whole uh, you know, worldview. Yeah, some I mean, sabotage, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you just stab somebody in the back like that. You know, that worked so hard. I mean, I'd wow. written all the songs and worked tirelessly to, and, and insisted that we all share in the, the spoils. I, I was the, the kind of the grand lead on that. I was the guy that fought the battles to make sure that we all shared equally in every dollar. We all got a, a quarter for everything. And I, you know, I would have benefited uh, much more than anyone else if I had agreed to just get paid for what I did. You know, like well, and you, for, you guys, Mr. Scary, I divvied up with everybody. You know, yeah, nobody else kind of, wrote those songs. I wrote those songs. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to say, you guys um, maybe arguably created a sound as well. So for him to sabotage that at your some kind of peak peaking moment at least that sounds terrible uh because you guys no, created this in an indicting way i'm just no. and I'm, so you know but i'm not saying no. this in an indictment or get some feud i'm just saying that uh to explain uh my what what i was what was in my head when i was on stage for those right. 30 shows or whatever it was i was really torn because of course i wanted to play well and and perform well and, and appreciate the fans, but at the same time, I was completely depressed about the situation. Yeah. That heartbroken. So. Yeah. Earlier in the conversation, you alluded to your hair. Um, and I wanted to ask you when you first came out and we first saw, got a glimpse of George Lynch, you had this really unique, especially in the world of hard rock and heavy metal, really unique hairstyle. It was this, this two tone, shag mullet looking mm-hmm. thing. What inspired your look back in those days? Aja Gugu. I knew you were going to say that. Aja Gugu. <laughs> yeah. I love it. A lot it. of people don't know that that singer is the same guy that sang Never Ending Story song. The song. Yeah. Never, yeah. Same guy. Yeah. Yeah, with the big floppy flying dog. So it was Kaji Gugu. Interesting. I was I was curious to know if you were like a... I actually a, brought the poster of him into the... The hairdressers. Wow. Wow. So, like that. Wow. <laughs> so was that a, was that a hard sell for you in the early days? Obviously it was a, a sticking point for for the Osborns, but in, in the club scene were there guys that were like, Man, this guy can play, but dude, his look is so trippy. No, no, no. 
No, what, what, what was challenging was I still had my job at the liquor delivery place at Watts. <laughs> that was a deliver liquor projects in my yeah. parts of town and liquor stores and stuff with that haircut. <laughs> I could see I that. Had some, definitely got some looks and some comments from that. Tell us about your uh, your collaboration. I saw this on your website, the mashup with Rick James and Ronnie James Dio, and on it's it's uh, what is it? Holy, uh, Holy Mary Jane, or or what the heck is it called? I forget what it's called. And then yeah, it, I, was, I didn't have any part part of that. I mean, that was something who just used me, my footage yeah. or whatever. I mean, that was great. Uh, I, I didn't. I don't know who it was or anything. That's not your playing in there? No, it is, but he didn't edit that. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't I mean part of putting Uh, it. Okay. Okay. Saw it like everybody else saw it. People started sending it to me. So so it's pretty amazing. On your website you mentioned that you got to party with Ronnie James Dio and and Rick James. And I was like, mathematically, I don't think that's possible. So was, you're just being sarcastic. I, you know, the thing is right. No, when you do these interviews, you know, you get asked the same question over and over again. At some point, I feel like when I, you know, uh, I want to be entertaining and not boring. And when I read or watch interviews that are just, you know, generic questions with generic answers, I just yawn and it, and it actually angers me. I said, come on, man, talk about something interesting. Yeah. You know, I just don't want to hear the same bullshit. So um, I try to approach my interviews the same way sometimes. Well, I get to the point where, like, if I do three to five interviews a row in a day and they're all asking the same question, you know, at one point I just say, fuck it. You know, I'm just start making up shit. And yeah. <laughs> and, and, it's, and then it's funner to listen to, I would imagine, from the fans' perspective, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just riffing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, what we, oh, how'd you make the record? Oh, oh, I sat in my garage and I played guitar and came up with an idea. And then I gave it to the bass player. And he played bass on it. Imagine yeah. that. And then they put it out. <laughs> now you're listening to it and talking about it. Isn't that great? Yeah, <laughs> no, we went to the secret. Yeah, we, 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 we got in the secret. We got in this van and we all drove to the secret mountain where this wizard lives in a hollowed out cave, you know, and then. That's way uh, cooler. You know, was, yeah, and he, he fucking, we did all these fucking drugs, and then all this fucking uh, shit, you know, came aware of, and, and you know, I don't know, we'll just make up a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah, it's like Billy Billy cooler. Gibbons. Billy Gibbons used to tell people, "How do you, you know? How do you get that tone? Oh man, I got this guitar pickup out of a sardine can. <laughs> Found this He'll pickup out of sardine. Story. Hey, it's always it's always just bullshit, make yeah. up stuff. Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah." George, we'll let you go here in just a minute, but I wanted to ask you real quick about your Mr. Scary guitars. So mm-hmm. are those, so you custom build these guitars. Are they, do you build your own designs and then sell them or do clients come to you with some specs in mind and then you build the guitars to those specs or a little of both? Um, actually, both. I, I do. Uh, originally, what I did was I created models. So I have the Bones and I have the Caster series and I have, you know, the bird tiger. And I just, I would just do different things and experiment until I kind of settled on a, what I would consider a mop. I would, I would say, okay, I, I, I can, I can replicate that. Uh, like the snake caster with the rattlesnake hide with all the carvings of the bones, you know, that's something you can order. It's a model. So I did that for, you know, a good 10 years. And then I started branching out I go, you know, 
I would get extra bodies and that's just kind of parts from my old guitars laying around. I start just throwing them together, making Frankensteins, you know, putting, just putting various things together to be cool, you know, and I just offer them for sale. And I call those spec guitars and, um, those are one-offs and those are, uh, I, I really like doing that more now because, uh, the custom order thing has gotten to be a real drag burden for me with all my touring and recording and my, my, my regular family life and stuff, other things I do. It, you know, I have a shop and I have employees and stuff, but, it, it, you know, it takes a lot of uh, focus. And, and I find that I have a tendency sometimes to be forgetful and I'll screw things up and I don't want to disappoint people. And I've screwed quite a few things up. So I found that when if I just do spec guitars, I can't screw that up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because I'm just going to do whatever I want, and you, when I'm done with it, I'll put it up for sale. If you want to buy it, buy it. This is what it is. So yeah. I'm really leaning towards that much more now. I'm doing much less of the models, you know, uh, and much more of the just. I'll build something that I feel like it, and if you like it, buy it. Yeah. Where can people uh, shop for these if they're interested? Um. Uh, well, I have this. There's this company in Hollywood. Names websites for you for a fee, and uh, they came up with this. Uh, I got this website. I didn't know what to call it, so I paid them, and they came up with this name for me. It's brilliant. I don't know how they thought of it. It's called GeorgeLynch.com. Here it comes. Yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> GeorgeLynch.com. All right, it's worth got the it. Money, dude. I don't know how they thought of it. Yeah, Great. good job. You go there, and, and, and hope they had a tip jar. Yeah, between those guys and your lawyers, you yeah. are. You're surrounded by skill. I love it. I love well, it. Now that I got you guys, yeah. <laughs> we're here to help, George. We're here to help. <laughs> Team George. Yeah. I Man, just want you guys you. to sue, sue everybody for me because that way I can get like free money. Uh, <laughs> uh, Only if you cut us in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you guys get 50%. Cool. Oh, nice. Okay. We're it on easy. it. Yeah. We're on it. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Ambulancechasers.com. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tweedledee and Tweedledum.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, George, we'll cut you loose. On behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave. Thanking you for watching another episode of the Talk Louder podcast with our special guest today, George Lynch, on the show. Thank you, sir. It was, it's been great. Thank you. <laughs>